Welcome to Hidden in Medicine Podcast, where we showcase initiatives and stories of healthcare professionals and pre-health students from underrepresented communities. I'm your host, Harawati Chowry, and this is season one called Life Amidst a Pandemic. In this season, we will talk to members of BXCHL about how this COVID-19 pandemic has affected their life. The episode will be roughly divided into three parts, starting with how their academic life has been affected, followed by how their work life has been impacted by the coronavirus, and finally discussing how their general life has changed and what they envision moving forward. For this episode, we have Melanie, who is a member of DXCHL. First of all, thank you for providing your time. Uh, no, thank you for letting me talk about this and being part of this. It's exciting. So for the first section, we would um, be speaking about how your academic life has been affected, followed by work, and finally, your life in general. So we'll start off first. Just um, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Your nationality? Have you graduated? What is your journey like so far? Um, so again, my name is Melanie Franco. I'm Colombian, but I was born here in New York. And I recently graduated in May from Pace University with a BS in biochemistry. Right now I'm studying for MCAT and I'm actually taking it in June. So that's been a process. Um, and I'm actually planning on applying this year. So that's kind of where I am right now. Okay, so you plan on applying this year. So you are aware of the coronavirus and how there is a very big impact on our life because I'm currently studying for the MCAT also. How are you planning around everything? Um, so honestly, it's been, it's been a bit, uh, just confusing and unstable because I was first supposed to take the MCAT April 25th mm -hmm. and all, all of those dates got canceled. So that's how I got the date of June 19th. But I don't know if you heard, but like the, the May, um, test dates were canceled too. And it made me a bit nervous because it's a little too close to June, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I've been trying to just kind of like, despite everything changing, just focus on my studying and just think of it as like, okay, I, I just have more time to study for this exam. But it's been a little, it makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous, especially because I'm planning to apply this year. And this is my first time taking the MCAT. So I'm a little worried about what each school is gonna like want. I've heard some schools are like aren't gonna have like a grace period, others are, so it's a bit kind of like you know being shuffled around and <laughs> okay, so you did mention that you want to apply this year um that's very very, very tough um so how are you staying motivated during this time because I know we're not able to go outside as much as we used to. We're not even able to like study in cafes or school. So we're really relying on staying at home and studying. So how are you staying motivated during this time? How has your study habits changed? I'm I'm a bit of an introvert, so I don't 
before this, I wasn't really leaving my house much, especially because mm-hmm. I broke my ankle. So I was stuck wow. home. But um, it's definitely getting harder as 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 this quarantine is getting longer, um, especially because everybody's home. You know, my whole family's home and I have a loud Hispanic family. So sometimes <laughs> it, it's hard because, you know, our, our only computer is right next to the living room which means that there's always people going by, there's always conversations going on. And even if they see you studying, it's like, they're like, hey, you got a moment? <laughs> Are you taking a break? Like, no. So what I've been trying to do is just um, study early in the morning when I know nobody's gonna bother me, nobody's gonna talk to me, and just kind of like have a schedule for myself. So like, I, like I'll study in one and a half hour blocks and then I'll take, like, let's say, an hour break. And so, like, that I'm not constantly just sitting in front of the computer. And if, for example, my sisters need a computer, they could use it, like, during my breaks. And just trying to be patient. And, yeah, there's days where I'm, like, I don't even want to, like, I don't even want to study. <laughs> Especially <laughs> because, you, you know, I, I keep thinking, okay, what if my, my test date is... Like it's canceled. Like what then? And but yeah, as I I'm just trying to take it day by day and realize, hey, this is I gotta keep studying no matter what happens. Because anyway, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm gonna have to take that exam, whether it's in June, September, December, whatever it is, I have to take it. So I might as well kind of like take that time and use it wisely, especially since I'm home all the time. Okay, so you're. Definitely being proactive about this and definitely have a plan. You said that you're studying an hour and a half block? Yeah. And then an hour break? Yeah. Hour to two hours, especially, like, I still got chores to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do, I'll do my chores. I'll do the stuff I have to do for, like, the house and my family. And then, like, like that, I won't, I won't get burnt out because I'm the type of yeah. person that if I'm if I'm studying more than two hours, like that's it. Like my brain is just gonna be like, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. So I've been trying to do a lot of um like question based learning. So mm-hmm. focus on a lot on okay, like the questions I get wrong, why do I get them wrong, and stuff like that. How are you feeling about? Because right now I know you don't have classes because you're out of school, but we're using a lot of technology um these days, like Zoom and um virtual learning how are you adapting to that aspect of your life um so sometimes I, I think it's harder especially like if you're not like in a family where everybody has a laptop everybody has their own like device everyone has to use the same computer it's kind of hard to get work done especially because yeah. I have two other sisters one is in high school and one is in college and all of their classes are online so it, it kind of becomes like a juggling kind mm-hmm. of thing where like, oh, wait, no, I need the computer because I have to do this. Or, oh, wait, no, I have a Zoom meeting, so I got to like. Yeah. So I think I think it's just more frustrating and it kind of makes me like think about people who don't have access to that or, or, or don't have that kind of like easy, I'll just whip out my laptop and do my work. And honestly, I don't I don't think it's the same quality of, of teaching. Personally, I I've taken online classes. And it's not the same, like as having classes, like we're in a lecture where you can actually ask questions and actually interact. On the other hand, like it's it, it is a bit easier where like you don't have to go anywhere. You could just do it in your living room. 
And mm-hmm. for example, my mom, she's uh, she's studying for the GED. And mm-hmm. before she wasn't really able to go to the classes because she had other stuff to do, like as a mom, it's just. But like mm-hmm. now that they're online, um, she gets a lot of one-on-one time with her teachers. She gets, um, you know, to like at the same time be doing the stuff she has to do at home. Yeah. but she could do her classes and so like that part i'm like okay like that's kind of exciting and kind of like it gives the chance that's really awesome do you feel like it's going to um give us a different perspective on education and how we are only we were only used to the classroom setting and going to class and that routine do you feel like it's kind of like going to make us more open-minded to what the world has to offer, especially during a crisis like this? I think with um, stuff that being virtual now, it kind mm-hmm. of it kind of exposes how most students really don't know how to study and don't know because having online classes is like independent studying, <laughs> like basically. <laughs> so I think it really forces people to be like, okay, wait a minute. I I've been cruising or I've been like, I've just been going to classes, but I don't really, so I, I think in a way it, it forces you to be more interactive with the material and more um, on top of your own studying instead of relying so much like on the teacher to kind of, especially like, like in high school to kind of push you to kind of like, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, but um, I, I think it is good. At the same time, I have like concerns, like for example, with Zoom, everybody's been using Zoom, Zoom, like <laughs> it is, <laughs> it, but um, with Zoom also, there's a lot of like privacy concerns, a lot of, you know, that they promote that they're end to end encryptions for their meetings, but they really, they really aren't. So, you know, stuff like that, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting because since everybody's using the same platform, um, these questions don't really get asked or they don't really, they get kind of like pushed under the rug. So I think with more technology and more um, online-based kind of learning, there is also the the other aspect of like the questions of like, okay, but how much access and how much power do these companies really have, you know? Yep, yep, and that, yep. that's something that really, um, it interests me and in, in, in the kind of like questions. Yep. I think this pandemic is really putting things in per, into perspective, especially technology and what the world has access to, what the government has access to. So definitely um, just to move on, how how are you staying motivated? Is it any different from what you were used to before? Honestly, it has been hard to stay motivated, especially being inside for so long. How do I stay motivated? I think about like my, you know, my my main goal, which is, okay, I want to be a doctor. I want to go to medical school. And this is just part of the process. When I think more about like, instead of like just the nitty, the nitty goals of like, okay, I got to do my MCAT, I got to do my personal statement, I have to apply to medical school. I think more about, okay, this is what I want. I want to be a doctor. Every other doctor has gone through this process, so I'm not the only one. There's other pre-meds who are going through this too. Like, it's not just me. A lot of people are, you know, they're worried, they're they're scared, they need information. They're kind of like not in the loop. So it makes me feel less alone. Like, okay, like it's it's not just me. 
and that that motivates me to keep doing my stuff to keep like even though i'm inside all the time like life is still going like yeah. you know deadlines are still coming up stuff still has to be done so that's kind of what motivates me okay so uh, do you have any tips for other pre-health students anyone in general trying to stay motivated and trying to stay on top of everything that they have to do all their responsibility during this time of social distancing motivation like i i would say don't lose sight of your goal like for example for me like studying for the mcat is the more time you have to study the better like and right now we have the time you know because there's no going out there's no like hey let's go to the movies like everybody's kind of in the same predicament so don't don't let that time be wasted and because yeah. i i know a lot of um pre-meds who have gotten their like their test dates canceled and so they're just like i guess i'm not gonna study anymore i'm just gonna wait and i don't think that's a good idea i think with an exam like the mcat because it's a freaking monster yeah. it's better to to keep preparing and to keep like okay like yeah stuff is in the air but i still got to keep studying i still got to keep doing the stuff that i do and just focus on the main goal the main goal and not get distracted because this is temporary and i think that's important to realize is that this quarantine us um social distancing all of this is temporary you know we're mm -hmm. already seeing in other countries how um with the coronavirus it's, it's gone way down um people are starting to come out of their quarantine like it's this isn't gonna be forever so it's important to do everything you need to do so that when we do when we are allowed to go out when everything kind of starts going back to normal you're not like oh wait i'm i'm behind now and like i didn't yeah. do everything that i was supposed to do because you have the time you know yeah. like there's no excuses correct correct correct, correct. so we're going to move on to the second half of our interview um speaking about work life i know you're not working have you ever worked or is just school for you uh no just school for me um okay, okay. especially right now like um my my dad especially wanted me to just focus on studying for the mcat understood and obviously my stuff at home mm -hmm. and my responsibilities at home um so in that aspect i haven't been like i'm still home <laughs> like yeah. I, that, that hasn't really changed okay so you have family members that are currently working um well no uh because you know with everything with the coronavirus um business has basically stopped so mm -hmm. my dad he he has um his own small business it's called carding but it's basically like the big containers that you see out on the street that um have like concrete or, or dirt from construction sites demolition sites but all of that has like slowed down to almost a stop we we felt it in that aspect because with everything at a pause it means people aren't working it means yeah. money isn't flowing yeah. um so for example for for my dad i have to make a lot of calls being like hey we're not receiving any checks we're not getting any money so mm -hmm. please extend us in in like payments and in insurance and in, everything still keeps moving the bills yeah. still keep piling up it's just that no money's coming in so that's kind of um, frustrating. I think mm -hmm. that's that's the part that a lot of people look at the quarantine of like, okay, we understand that 
the social distancing is important. This pause is important to to flatten the curve, right? But at the same time, it's like a lot of people aren't making money. A lot of people depend paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. So it it starts becoming less of a worry about your own health and more of a worry, okay, like how how am I going to get food? How am I going to pay the rent? Because, you know, people are still um, being told, hey, you have to pay your rent. Even yeah. even if you're not working, that's not that's not our problem, you know. Yeah. Um, which I that's why I think like for example the VXCHL group chat is is so helpful because um I don't know if you saw when somebody shared um like a like a post or or a number that you could call if you need food and that mm-hmm. that like no questions asked they would give you food like resources like that are so important especially in in New York City and sharing that with people. It's yeah. so important. So yeah, yeah, in that aspect, it's it's been kind of it's been kind of rough. So I, yeah, I see that it has a very big impact on your life and your the life of your family. So how are you guys like navigating around it? Is there changes that you're making to like your meals or um, um, budgeting a little bit more? How is your father um, dealing with it? It's definitely been a lot, like uh, a lot of budgeting, a lot of like, okay. Um, so, like, my dad went to the grocery store and kind of like stocked up on food. He's like, this is the food we have. So, like, don't eat more than what you need to. And, you know, like, usually when you're not thinking about stuff like that, you're just like, you'll eat when, like, when you want to eat. But, Mm-hmm. It's almost like we've had to become more um, conscious of like, okay, like money isn't flowing in, which means that like it's if something runs out, it's it's not gonna be as easy of like, oh, just just go buy it, you know. So it's definitely been a lot more um, conserving food, conserving like just just not trying to waste. Especially, I think um, in America, it's, it's so easy to kind of like to be wasteful and to be kind of like just like oh it's fine like there'll be more you know but this has really forced our family to kind of like like okay this is what we have this is what we need to work with um we don't know what's going to happen in the future because even like uh um the the deadline of april 30th that's like pending you know that's that's kind of like we'll see we'll see how everything is yes has, it definitely has a big impact on your family, and I hope you guys are definitely staying strong during this time, because I can feel the emotion and of your, like, the struggle, and I know there's, we'll get through this, definitely. Yeah, for sure. How can you support your father during this time? How can you support, like, your family? Um, I know you mentioned, like, portioning size of your plates and um making sure that you guys are not very very wasteful of food but um any other ways because you know he's probably stressed out most likely (laughs) especially when the bills are due um there's rent due you have to go grocery shopping and there's no kind of income for that like how are you or other family members helping him with that or helping him relieve the stress. Um. So, like, uh, my my dad's 
second language is English, right? Like, and you know, when you talk to him, like, it, he makes himself be understood. Like, <laughs> you understand what he's saying. But um, I, like, I'll help him with a lot of, like, the phone calls that need to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, like, emails and stuff. Especially with emails. Like, um, like I'll be the one to write them out. A- any way that I can help, like, I'll, I'll help. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really stressful. It's been almost like we're all waiting for this to end. <laughs> we're, we're all waiting for, for things to just get back to normal. Do you feel like the um, coronavirus is um, actually making you guys save a little bit more money? Because there's no going out. There's no type of transportation. Um, there's not that extra need to do something outside. Because I know personally, I'm saving a lot more money than I was <laughs> when we weren't social distancing. No, yeah, that's for sure. Because it's like nobody's going outside. Everybody's home. So in that aspect of like um, money just being used on like entertainment or just mm-hmm. going out or like even like to take the train. Um, it's. Yeah, in that aspect, we do save a lot of money because everybody's home every single day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. On that note, do you have a few words of encouragement for your fellow workers that are actually very active with the coronavirus, dealing it, especially in the hospitals where it's very, very, very chronic patients are coming in every day and everything changes by the minute because one minute we're hearing this and then the next minute we're hearing something else is changing. So um, any words of encouragement you have? Um, I think because my, my best friend, she's she's a medical scribe in CityMD. Mm-hmm. And just just from that, I've, I've felt her anxiety. I've felt um, her... Cause, cause there is, there is fear at like working as a, like in health or in a hospital or in urgent care of like, what if, what if I get it? And it, it mm-hmm. starts to become not even of like, if I get it, of it starts becoming more like, okay, when? And I think especially for, for people who, who have um, vulnerable family members, whether it's yeah. older or immunocompromised or they have underlying conditions, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's there's that worry, but um, I guess something to encourage is that we we as like the people who are staying home recognize that kind of work, recognize that they they are heroes, and especially somebody who's like like a pre health student like me. For me, I think I think it's something valiant. I think it's like okay, that's that's what we signed up for, saving lives, even even in the midst of like a pandemic like that, even um, when you're putting yourself at risk. Um, so I think, I think to just, to just remember that like what, like what these people are doing, the um, healthcare workers, whether it's doctors, nurses, whatever the case is, um, they're saving lives in, in a huge way. They're, 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 they're doing a lot for their communities. And I think that's why um, stuff like uh, people clapping for for um, the doctors and kind of like showing their support and being like, hey, like we recognize your work has a huge impact. 
because I imagine that there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of like um, tension. But to know that what what they're doing it's it's not a lost cause. It's it's important. It's something to admire. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Wow. So just to move on to our last phase of the interview. So your general life. So how do you feel like um, the government is responding to the situation? Uh, Honestly, I have I have very mixed feelings. Very very mixed feelings because I feel like. Um, like the response wasn't wasn't quick enough. We've yeah. seen how in other countries there was an immediate action. There was immediate like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And I think the United States waited way too long. And mm-hmm. even um, I think that like like earlier there there was a tweet um from from the chair of the health committee of New York City. I always forget his name. It's like Mark. Mark Levine, something like that, um, encouraging people to, for example, go to uh, the the lunar parade, the lunar New Year parade in New York City, and mm-hmm. this was when the coronavirus was already starting. There was already um, like it wasn't something that we just did, didn't know about. So I think the kind of misinformation, like you said, like the flip flopping of, mm-hmm. of one day they'll say something and the next day they'll say something completely different. Yeah. Like in the in the um, beginnings of this pandemic, it was said that if you wore a mask, like pe- people were even like told that they were being silly, that like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not going to help you. That's like it's not an N95 mask. So so air still yeah. comes out. But now recently they're saying, oh, even if you wear a scarf over your over your face, yeah. it'll help. You know, that kind of misinformation really um it affects it, it affects the way this, this virus is being handled, the way. um even I think like with the quarantine in the beginning, it was it was so um, lenient that even people were still going to Central Park. People were still hanging out and not social distance. And I think that has a lot to do with, for example, how the governor was was um, was taking action but at the same time was being so lenient. Mm-hmm. I think that people will just be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'll just stay home. And the, mm-hmm. the thing is that like, human beings naturally like we we're social animals. We like being out. We like being with yeah. other people. Yeah. Um. So I think, honestly, that that not not enough was done, and that it was done too late. Mm-hmm. Um. And even um, like something that I was like, I was blown away is that uh, liquor stores are considered essential. I. Which yeah, yeah. Like was so where stuff like that it makes me question. Like okay, do we really, do we really care about um. Protecting the people, if if something like a liquor store, it's not essential. As much as people are like, oh no, we need our liquor like to get through this. Like no, you really don't. And the people who are working in these liquor stores are being exposed. So mm-hmm. I I feel like our government, um, both at the state level and 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 nationally, like we responded way too late. So I think our reaction rate was very um low, and we should have reacted definitely faster than we actually did um and then with all of that said um speaking about the government and how they should have responded faster than they actually did how what would you what approach would you like to see in the future if anything like this resembling a pandemic would have to happen again um uh, that's a hard question 
but I think I think maybe uh, action faster because mm-hmm. like for example the quarantine or it's not even a quarantine because it's not forced like you could still go out you could still do whatever you want whatever you consider is essential I think action faster would definitely help because this happened like what in, we started doing stuff in March but we yeah. knew about this since since December. And even mm-hmm. like we know that, for example, the, the amount of cases was happening even before December. It was yeah. like around November. We did have the time to, to respond, but it was almost like, I don't know, and this is just my opinion that like the United States was like, oh, like that, that's not going to come here. You know, like yeah. that's over there in China. It won't <laughs> come here. And and so the, the response rate was, was so slow, which I, I understand too, because stopping everything it, it has a huge impact on a country especially a country as big as the united states yeah but at the same time look at the number of cases that we have the number of deaths that we have like it's- exactly do you feel like they should have um um been more strict with the borders like stopping flights from coming in sooner than they actually did honestly i i, I think they should have because whether we like it or not that that's a that's that's movement of people and with movement of people there's gonna be movement of virus especially with this virus that they say that you have no symptoms Mm -hmm. you know and when it was first happening it wasn't like we had readily like tests to be like okay do you have COVID-19 so I think yeah that would have been the smart thing to do be like no people going in no people going out at least at least temporarily because um, even with the first case in New York, I don't believe that was that that was the first case. Because how would we know if, um, for example, that person doesn't go to a hospital, or if that person, like, let's say, just stayed home and they didn't have like severe symptoms and just went away? Mm-hmm. But how many people did that was that person interacting with? Yeah, especially in New York City, that like we're constantly surrounded by people. Like, there's no can't stay six feet away from somebody like let's say in Manhattan. we're so congested we are we are we yeah. are like there's there's millions of people in new york city so i i think yeah that would have definitely helped okay so speaking um i know you mentioned earlier that your father has his own business um they're also um supposed to be submitting a, a stimulus check for the families do you feel like um, that will be helpful for your family? Because I know you have a large family and um, you don't really have income because it's uh, a private business. Oh, it's a business in carding. Um, so Business in carding. Okay, yeah. so your father has a business in carding. Do you feel like um, that check would probably be helpful for your family in this case? Mm. I think any money would be helpful. But, um, honestly, th- like I feel like with the stimulus check, it's kind of like it's bittersweet mm-hmm. because it is only a one-time payment. Yeah. And especially in a, in a city as expensive as New York City, well, I think the max I think is a twelve hundred, but yeah. don't quote me on that. I think it's like twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars in New York City is it's nothing, you know. Um especially since it's a one-time payment. I think I think sometimes people confuse that with like the the unemployment um mm-hmm. benefits that been, have been coming out that that's monthly. But yeah, in in a certain degree it would it would be helpful. 
of course i think everybody's like waiting for <laughs> waiting for that check to arrive like yeah just to shift the gear a little bit and um lighten up the mood uh, because i know it has been a very heavy conversation um have you started any new hobbies during this pandemic where you're just simply just studying anything you want to share um no no hobbies uh like i've i've been cooking more like i've you've been cooking more i've been cooking more. oh what yeah. are you making sorry what are you making <laughs> um, <laughs> what have you learned to make during this process during this process um so like you know the the person who usually like cooks is like my mom mm -hmm. so um she's been trying to teach me like more of like her recipes but a lot of um I'm like a baker at heart you know so ah. I'm all about like measurements and like okay <laughs> how much time is it but my mom doesn't cook like that you know she's just mm -hmm. like that, that's enough that's <laughs> but how long do you cook that for mm -hmm. <laughs> i yep. don't know i don't know that's so, the same um, thing with my parents too so <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> so um uh like yesterday she made uh how do you say uh like uh kind of like stewed beef but okay it has like tomatoes and onions uh with rice um so i was helping her and she was like me how to do it and i feel good because before that i wasn't like I wasn't cooking at all. Like I was just um so kind of like being inside has forced me to to start learning and that's been yeah, really that's nice cuz it, it's like I I spend time with my mom and at the same time I'm like I'm like learning from her, you know. That's been that's been fun. It's been a lot of baking in my house. <laughs> because, um yeah, being inside it's like we we're all like craving something like like different. It's like okay, so what could we make? So I made like carrot cake um recently. That was wow. that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So with all of these um changes happening, how do you envision your life going forward? Uh, I can't wait to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like that's that's the first thing. Um, I'm so excited um to see my boyfriend. I haven't seen him in over a month. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a minute. Um, but I personally, I just don't want to let um, the fear of like this pandemic and like this virus to keep me from showing like physical love. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that that's something that's gonna change when everybody starts going out. People are gonna be afraid to just be near other people, you know, about like hugging somebody or like giving somebody a kiss on the cheek. Like I don't, I don't want that kind of fear to to be over my life. Even though I understand it, like I understand why there's that fear, but I think that's so important. Like that kind of love, that physical love, is important for human beings, and we shouldn't be scared of that. Of thinking like, oh, if I touch you, I'm gonna die. You know? Like, yeah. And there's a lot of um people that their love language is physical touch. So yeah, just another like different aspect of it. So physical touch can be important to everyone. But yeah, and then after that, I was just um, applying to medical schools, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, going through that process and just. So, do you have any final thoughts um, for as we're ending this um, interview? Any messages that you want to send? I think. 
like especially uh personally right um with this pandemic it's kind of made me look at my eating habits and um what i put in my mouth what what i'm constantly eating so because of everything i've been trying to eat more vegetables a lot of green vegetables um get a lot of vitamin C and a lot of vitamin D in, in my in my diet because um it kind of makes you more aware of your own health and mm-hmm. the fact that most Americans don't eat well <laughs> and you know if you don't eat well it means that that affects your immune system it affects you know what what diseases you have in your body and and so i i think this is the perfect time for people to be more health conscious and to be aware like okay yeah i could eat the stuff that i like but at the same time also feed my body what it needs and mm-hmm. be more conscious of like hey like just eat a fruit once in a while eat eat your vegetables and stuff and to be healthier like overall like i i think it's the perfect time to do it you know i just want to thank you so much for being so vulnerable during this interview and just sharing your story and everyone's going to be able to hear your story and your version of it so i'm very thankful that um i had the opportunity to have you here with me um thank you very much no thank you thank thank you for this opportunity that is it for episode 2 of hidden in medicine podcast if you enjoyed this episode feel free to share this with one of your friends to stay updated on our future episodes and release dates find us on Instagram at hidden in medicine stay safe and i'll see you in the next episode